Welcome, I'm Aaron Young. Coup leaders in Niger have refused requests from other African leaders to reinstate the ousted president, instead deciding to close airspace under the threat of military retaliation from neighbouring countries. Amid all of the protests and all the action on the streets, people are waving Russian flags, chanting for France to leave the country. And the Wagner Group emerging in this conflict the first time since that failed coup against Moscow a few weeks back. Wagner's back. What are they doing there? What does it mean for the Russian war? And of course, Evgeny Prigozhin. Let's bring in John Coyne now from the Australian Strategic Policy Institute. Uh, Niger, flavour of the month, it seems to be Russia, not France. What's going on? Uh, look, there's a whole heap of things going on here. First off, what we have to realise is that the Wagner Group um, have been the tip of the spear for Russia in destabilising um, Africa and being a presence in Africa, providing a degree of deniability. So we've seen them poke their heads up in countries like Syria. Um, we've seen them in Libya. We've seen them across the Sahel. Um, just because they've not been successful in the Ukraine definitely doesn't mean uh, they aren't needed by the Russians. And I think um, the presence of and continued operation of Wagner shows that. On the other side, um, unfortunately, this is one of the tales that repeats itself so often in Africa. Um, what we see here uh, is a racial divide. So part of the issue is one of a president who is from an ethnic minority, an Arab minority who was elected. Um, what we see here is a rejection of um, European forces, so France and indeed the US and their ability to provide security. Um, and so what we also see here is, is evidence for the military where um, Africa hasn't been able to respond uh, appropriately to other coups. So the military junta has only been encouraged by this. Yeah, so essentially the coup leaders are asking for help from the Wagner Group because they believe that that will guarantee that they'll be able to remain in power. Look, absolutely. And I think what it is, is um, they're playing a very careful game here. So Russia wants to destabilise and reduce the ability of um, and the influence of countries like France and the US in Africa. Um, this is a perfect way by, of doing it. Um, in some ways, it's a back to the future moment. So for those who are old enough to remember, this has that real Cold War feeling where um, proxy wars are fought across the world. Now, um, in Africa, this has always been the playground of great powers competing against each other using Africans um, in that process. Uh, what we're seeing here is military governments starting to spread across Africa. Um, look, we're certainly seeing the start of that. Um, again, and this has happened in waves, um, I think mainly, and you know, you've always got to look at this, is that um, consecutive governments across Africa and certainly across the Sahel region of Africa have been unable to effectively deal with the threat of organisations like Al-Qaeda, Boko Haram um, and ISIS. So what we're seeing here is, is a rejection of governments um, and with military juntas offering an alternative, um, this sense of security. But at the end of the day, most of them can't provide that security in the end. And what they end up having, and this is one of the greatest fears in this coup, um, you see rising prices, you see hyperinflation, a reduction in security and a fragmentation of the nation. We've heard from Anthony Blinken as the coup was taking place, saying we're looking forward to some sort of return to democratic peace. Um, there are plenty of university professors in Niger who are against this. Um, there's a, always a lot of people such as yourself in positions um, in these countries. What are we hearing from the people on the ground um, about how they are feeling about this coup? 
Um, look, you know, there's always a danger in trying to draw conclusions um, from disparate pieces of uh, media coming out of a country. What we can say, though, is that um, many desperate people uh, in Niger are looking for peace. Tens of thousands of people have died over the last decade in conflict um, with organisations like Boko Haram, AQ and ISIS. Um, so in some respect, a large proportion of the population welcome this. Um, the military junta, um, it's always easy to blame. And the president who's been ousted like, is an ethnic um, Arab, so it's very easy for the rest of the population to isolate them. Um, third, and I think, you know, this is one of those things, which is um, there's a long history of colonialism in Africa, including in Niger. Um, this is a rejection of the French by the general population. Now, will that result in better conditions for the people of Niger? I doubt it very much. You often look at uh, these situations and wonder whether countries shop around for the best deal. We've seen it in the Pacific where uh, China has been played off against the United States and the West. Uh, adding to that, the West has often looked to Niger as the last partner to combat terrorism or willing partner to help combat terrorism. In Africa, you lose Niger. It feels like you lose Africa as part of that fight as well. Um, look, most certainly for the French um, and the US who have very actively pursued ISIS and AQ across the Sahel region, Niger is critical to those operations. Um, the US, for example, offer a, operate a drone base from Niger. Um, without that, pursuing those terrorist groups will be increasingly more difficult, which is part of the, um, I guess, the irony of this situation is because the average person in Niger really wants peace, um, economic and social security. Now, um, to date, neither the Europe, neither France or the US have been successful in uh, in completely eradicating and dealing with the threat of terrorism. Um, but I think you would argue that neither will Wag the Wagner Group nor the Nigerian military junta be able to, uh, Niger military junta be able to deal with the problem on their own. So the Wagner Group, uh, many heard about it the first time when Yevgeny Prigozhin marched his troops towards Moscow in this attempted coup a couple of weeks ago. But they've been quite successful in Africa. Can you talk to us about some of the Wagner Group's efforts in Africa? Um, look, they have been involved in a range of activities. Um, they've certainly been in um, been the frontline response for the Russians in places like Syria, providing troops on the ground and support for Syrian authorities. They've been actively involved in countries like Libya um, in a range of different positions, including advisory type positions. I think the real amazing part of this story is that Brigazian really has been able to challenge Putin um, Yet his influence in Africa is so of his organisation is so critical to the Russians, um, so critical to Putin um, that he's been able to survive and um, continue to operate without being punished, or certainly publicly punished. Yeah, what does it tell us about that relationship then between Russia and the Wagner Group? Given the fact that we have been what we've been told about the aftermath of that coup was that Yevgeny Prigozhin was heading to Belarus and that all of his soldiers from the Wagner Group were now part of the Russian military. 
How do you compare that to the news out of Niger that essentially the, the military leader of this coup has left Niger, headed across to Mali, where there is a favourable military dictatorship in place, um, and that they have then put him in touch with Prigozhin's people at Wagner that and now he will be relying on to keep him in power across Niger? What is the current status of the Wagner group? Um, look, the thing to remember is the Wagner Group, as a general rule, um, are a, a private military company. So their, their conduct in the Ukraine has been one of, of providing combat troops in a conventional conflict-type setting. Now, um, that's not a particularly, from my perspective, a particularly good match. Um, the Ukraine campaign for the Russians has been plagued um, with difficulties and certainly is far from a success story. In contrast... Um, the Wagner Group, the way it's been established, um, its staff, um, its staff's training, um, it, those are well suited to operating in these sorts of counterinsurgency environments and in supporting and propping up military juntas with expert military advice and specialist military capabilities. What you've also got to remember is historically, um, Russia has used other military companies before this. And in a general sense, when they're un unsuccessful, um, the senior executives have been um, prosecuted in Russia for failure, um, which goes to show how successful Wagner really is um, in Africa, which is it can offset all of the errors, all of the perceived errors and mistakes in the Ukraine. Yeah, very much so. All right. Uh, we will leave it there. Thank you so much for your time, as always. And uh, talk again soon. Thank you. Thank you.